eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Que Golazo. It's our weekend preview time. And my goodness, some ridiculous games. Liverpool against Manchester United. Inter against Juventus. And Porto against Benfica. And so much more. We have Jimmy Conrad, James Bench. Que Golazo weekend preview begins right now. Welcome, everybody, to Que Golazo, our 101st episode. James Bench, Jimmy Conrad, our weekend preview. Let's begin with you, James Bench. How are you, bud? I'm great. I'm feeling really good. Um, I've, <laughs> I've got not much more to say than that. No, I was going to talk. I was, we, we've got so much to talk about. I don't want to get sidetracked, but I have got sidetracked already. Um, James Harden to the Nets. I'm really excited about that. Yeah, oh, whatever, man. Next for life. No, I'm excited about that. I'm friends with Steve Nash. And so I, I'm excited to see how he does with uh, someone as talented as James Harden and really try to bring some success to the Brooklyn Nets. It's uh, that's a tough one. They're not, they're, they're not known for winning things. Kind of like Spurs <laughs> <laughs> too early for some shade on Spurs. Never too early. Okay, here we go. By the way, the reason why Jimmy did that is because we're welcoming our new producer, <laughs> Roman, who is also a Tottenham fan and uh, I'm sure is uh, ready to quit. It's right part now. of her initiation. That's yeah, just welcome, how it goes. Welcome to the family. And uh, by the way, that Nets, Nets have like three MLS investors right now, right? Because they have Harden is an investor in Houston Dynamo. Uh, Durant, Philly Union, and uh, Nash with the Whitecaps. So, like, you know, there's a lot of MLS power there. That's it. Uh, they're Jimmy, probably, they're yeah, probably but, listening. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I, I, I make sure that Nash listens to this all, all day, every day. So, yes. Hi, Steve. Yeah, let's get him to retweet. <laughs> Steve, retweet, please. <laughs> retweet. And, and get my cousin uh, a trial with Mallorca. That would be amazing. <laughs> all right. Jimmy, how are you, bud? I'm doing well. I was going to say the same thing as Benj, or at least add to it. It sounded like he was like, well, I went for a five-mile run, and I had a great breakfast. I didn't know where Benj was going. But no. I, I like his spirit and attitude today, so let's get after it. I did I thought, yoga, so I'm feeling positive. Oh, he's found his inner chi today. Let's go. <laughs> I absolutely love it. All right, let's begin. Weekend preview. But before we do that, uh, obviously, we're going to talk about the main key event, which is Liverpool against Manchester United. But before we do that, let's hit some news here. Obviously, uh, from Fabrizio Romano, uh, added by, obviously, the rest of our insiders. Brian Reynolds, uh, you, know, you know, set to complete his move to Juventus, which will begin, obviously, with Benevento uh, for the remainder of the season. Uh, this is a big move. Another American moving to another big European club. Uh, Jimmy Conrad, just your thoughts on this as Brian Reynolds is set to to move to Juventus as the deal gets done in the next few days. 
I think there's a couple layers here to discuss. The first one that jumps out at me is that MLS academies are continuing to develop talent that top European clubs are interested in. And I think that's a very good sign of things to come. FC Dallas, for everybody that's unaware, really set the benchmark for how youth academies should be run from an MLS perspective in the United States. So no big surprise that they've moved a couple players, most notably and most recently, Reggie Cannon and now Brian Reynolds. From his perspective, I like that he's going to Benevento first. I know that the rules don't allow him to join Juve right away. I'm okay with that. Go to Benevento, learn the league a little bit, get your butt kicked a little get a little bit, get get punched in the face, learn how the the the, the league works. It's going to be obviously a little bit different than what you're used to at MLS. And then maybe take that step. And then from there, Juan Cuadrado, who plays in front of him, obviously we're seeing Juan Cuadrado bomb forward. Brian Reynolds, very similar player in terms of having some attacking experience as a younger player and then moving back uh, to be even better in some ways. So with Cuadrado having a lot of success bombing forward, I think that's a good role model for him over the next few years. And then hopefully he can replace Juan Cuadrado, who I like to call John Square, and just get up there and and learn the, the, the finer techniques of, of how to have success in Andrea Pirlo's system. So I think this is all working out really well. I'm glad he's not going to Club Bruges. I'm glad that he found a big destination to end up at eventually. And I, this is another great, th- great, th- great thing for U.S. soccer. Yeah, well, Juan Bench, uh, we have uh, another American in Europe. Uh, you know, other countries should, you know, I- I'm wondering what the, uh, the attention is being paid to uh, from, from your side of the, the woods. What, what do you make of this one? There's an awful lot of interest in kind of any move of this level. But I think when you talk to people around top European clubs, um, and I mean, we, you know, we ran an interview a couple of months ago with Francis Cadigo, who used to head up recruitment at Arsenal, um, talking to him about America. There's a real gold rush um, right now where I think what happens is people see one or two trailblazers, be they Reina, Sancho, uh, not Sancho, uh, Davies, um, players of that quality and they go you know the head of football goes well how, how how did Bayern get Davies for next to nothing get I want one of them and I think that's what we're seeing now is a real um, chase to to get the best young American talent and there is so much of it out there it's it's really amazing and encouraging to see and um, I think this is going to keep happening because you know Americans are spending a lot of time in their in the academy system right now they're being developed really well with top coaching you know it sounds like FC Dallas are a real trailblazer on this um and I wouldn't think of this as just you know what just one more it's this is a a real rush on and I think the next few years we're going to see it happen a lot um moving from you know it used to be players like Almiron who were regulars and I think now you don't go for the regulars in the MLS because you already got the best talent before they could play in the MLS yeah. yeah, I was just going to jump in and say Philadelphia Union are, are another club that are doing really well, moving Brendan Aronson to RB Salzburg. Mark McKenzie's on his way uh, across the pond as well, 21-year-old center back. Obviously got high hopes for him as a former center back myself. What I really like, and I think this is to Benj's point, is that there's somewhat of a, a normalization. Like people are just like, oh, yeah, an American place? No big deal. Like for, for the longest time, and even during my playing career, you go over to Europe and like, nah, I mean, you guys don't really know the sport. You know, you're fighting this this perception. You're fighting this 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 attitude that we don't know how to play the game. And there were some results that backed that up for sure. Don't get me wrong, but it felt like we kept con- continuing to get pigeonholed. And then finally, we've had this breakthrough with all these players. Pulisic obviously really helping guide the way in a lot of different uh, moments. Uh, I think the back half of last season was very important. Now he wears the number ten shirt for Chelsea. I mean, that is just nothing we could have ever considered even five years ago. The fact that an American be wearing the number ten shirt for a big club. So. 
now that, that that's being accepted, so Gino Dest in Barcelona, all right, no big deal. Weston McKinney scoring scissor kicks against Barcelona in the Champions League, no big deal. You know what I mean? So these are these are really good things, and I think that's going to be the pipeline and open it up. And I think the gold rush is a nice way to explain it. Yeah, no, it's a, it's a really good thing. I will say this, that I don't think has been said enough or a lot, actually, which is I think this is what should be expected, to be quite honest, with the infrastructure that the U.S. has and, of course, the academies that are being built all over the country, the multicultural diversity in terms of talent all over the nation and just a bigger uh, focus on minority and underprivileged communities. Like, this is, should be what happens. Like, it shouldn't be like, oh, my God, amazing, so unique. Like you said, like, this should be the norm, not just now, but moving on. And from that segue, James Bench, uh, another American making some moves. Uh, what news do you have for us? Chris Richards joining um, the Rock Nation familia. I believe that's the technical term. Chris Richards, <laughs> the Bayern Munich right back, um, played some great minutes, what, a few, only a few minutes, but I think seven games for Bayern this season. He's joined Rock Nation and their agency is growing significantly. So he's now in, in the family, as they refer to it, with Zaha, De Bruyne, Rashford, Lukaku. I was speaking to um, some people at Rock Nation. They talk about, and you know, they say in their statement, an incredible young defender, um, someone with real great composure and a good attitude. Um, I think that'll serve him really well, whether it's at Bayern or, or wherever he goes in the future. But he's in good hands in a Rock Nation, and um, again, it's, it's it is incredibly exciting to see to see someone like Richards being mentioned in the same breath as Rashford, De Bruyne, Lukaku. And he, I think he's already started to show that one day he might belong in that in that category. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Jimmy, uh, you know, we've talked about talent a lot in the years, but at the back is, is a bigger focal point. You obviously uh, a defender by trade. How, how do you see Chris Richards' rise uh, as obviously he joins the family? As James. Well, I wish, honestly, he would get more minutes. Bayern Munich, we just saw them lost the whole sign keel, baby. Let's go up the stocks. There's there's something consistent with Bayern this season. They press really high up the field, and they're just every time I watch a highlight of another team scoring against them, it's some ball that got dinked over the top, and they're all the guy they got a breakaway. Emmanuel Neuer. I'm like, how is this happening every single game? So because of their vulnerability in the back, I wish that Chris Richards was playing more. I mean, he's not going to do any worse than the guys that are starting at the moment. So so I wish he just got some more minutes. But yes, as to Benja's point, very important that he gets to to be a part of. Uh, such esteemed company with Rock Nation, but at the end of the day, still needs to perform when the lights are on and, and people are watching. I think he will. I'm excited about his his potential, but he needs minutes to to continue to prove himself. Yeah, well, he doesn't turn 21 until March, so there's definitely time. And obviously, being part of the defending champion of the Champions League and the Bundesliga uh, does help. But yes, absolutely, more time indeed. All right, when we come back, it's what you came here for, baby. The weekend preview is starting with Liverpool against Manchester United. Stay right here. Welcome back, everybody, to Que Golazo, our weekend preview. And it begins right now. So many matches, uh, so much entertainment to look forward to. But we begin, of course, with the key matchup, uh, arguably the, the biggest game, Liverpool against Manchester United. Huge First against second, uh, United goes top. Uh, Liverpool trying to chase that one. Jimmy Conrad, give us some betting tips. What do you <laughs> see here? Okay, so I put on my trunks and went swimming in the warm waters of William Hill, everybody. And here are the basic line for this. If you want Liverpool to win straight up, it's minus 103. It's hard to get that line with them uh, more often than not, even though they're the favorites. The draw is plus 285, and United winning straight up is plus 255. I think there's some good value depending on where your heart is. Again, probably go with your brain, not your heart, but 
Sometimes the heart work works. What I find interesting is that this time last year, okay, United had just lost to Burnley at home and they were 30 points behind Liverpool at this point, 12 months ago. Now, fast forward a year, they are just beating Burnley away from home and now they're three points on top of Liverpool. Obviously, Liverpool have a game in hand, but still, that is quite a turnaround for Manchester United. So glory, glory to all you United fans out there. Another set that I like in 14 trips, I have it right, right here, 14 road trips at all competitions. United have racked up a remarkable 35 goals. That's an average of two and a half goals a game. I know that Liverpool's defending is very stout. They haven't lost at home uh, since 2007. It's been a really long time since they lost a the league game at home. I kind of like the draw on this one. I do think that both teams are going to score. That's plus 333. Uh, United have drawn three and lost one of, of their last four at Anfield. So a draw feels kind of where this game is going to go. I could see a 1-1, one, one, a 2-2. Two, two. Uh, Rashford has been the hot hand against Liverpool in his last four. Uh, three goals in his last four games against Liverpool. Him to score any times plus 225. I think that's really good value. And when you take that into consideration that Rashford's been so good against them recently, their defending is even worse, right? They don't have Virgil van Dijk. Gomez is out. They're still trying to piecemeal their defending. I think there's some vulnerabilities there. They still give up some good chances. Whether those get scored or not is something different. So I see a draw on this one. That's what I like. I think that's where the best value is. But I'm curious to see what you and Benj think. Yeah, well, James, two things for me. I'm wondering uh, what you think of this, of course, uh, added to your analysis. But one is it's been a while since Liverpool played, right? And actually played against tough opposition. You know, they played our kids last Friday. and they haven't Tough opposition? What are you talking about? Yeah, we were. <laughs> That's true. Louis Barry, baby. Uh, but it's been a while since they played as well. And also the centre-back uh, dilemma continues. We don't know yet if Matip uh, is, is going to be fit for this one. How do you see this game? Yeah, I, I think centre-back and Liverpool's defence is potentially where this one swings. As Jimmy says, United are they're a perfect road team because they don't particularly want a lot of the ball. What they really want is they want to attack in behind the in the channels, in behind. And Liverpool can play no other way other than for uh, Andy Robertson and Trent Alexander-Arnold to push forward. And like, by God, why wouldn't you? Because they are two of the best players in the world at doing that. But that opens up these, these angles for, uh, be it Martial, Rashford, who I would imagine will, will go on the left after he kind of struggled a bit out wide on the right. Um, and obviously, as we know, he's very good at attacking from the left wing. That's a UK politics joke for you. Um, <laughs> I, I'm intrigued as to how you, without Matip, who isn't perfect, but kind of holds things together, um, how that defence could hold firm. Would he maybe go Henderson back there? Because Reese Williams and... Nathaniel Phillips have looked like what they are, kids. Like they, they could have a great game, but they could have a really tough game against seasoned opposition, you know, be it Cavani, be it Rashford or Martial, whoever. It could be really tough. Yeah. The thing I, is, I trust Liverpool's attack to click. I'm intrigued to see if Thiago plays. I thought, again, it, it's been so long since we've seen them in action, but um, he did seem to really enjoy like teaching those kids a lesson. Um, like smacking them about a bit for 45 minutes. And I would I would play him because no matter how much it requires you to change up your system, he's just one of the best midfielders in the world. You've got to get him in your team. And I think with him, you can maybe control the game a bit more, make sure you're not as vulnerable to those counter-attacks. But yeah, it's United's countering against maybe Liverpool's ability to control the game. And I have no, way, no idea which way it's going. Jimmy, to that point, United is countering against uh, Liverpool's, you know, press, but also wary of what they have at the back. Uh, you know, 
Andy Robertson, great. Trent Alexander-Arnold, Alexander great. But especially the latter hasn't been great as of late. And also, uh, the pace that Manchester United has up top is going to be a major problem. If I were to ask you just some key players that are going to be vital here, who, who would they be? Well, I think Rashford for sure. I just wonder how United are going to line up. Uh, to Benja's point, I think they are going to be set up to counterattack. That, uh, it, it, that does make them special away from home because of especially a Liverpool team that wants the ball. It's going to come after them. It's going to leave some pockets of space open going the other way on the counter. We saw that with Spurs. Let's be honest. Uh, when these two teams played Liverpool and Spurs, Hingman's son really exploited the one area where I think United can exploit. I just don't know if Martial is going to sit there. And it's that pocket between Williams, the young center back, and Trent Alexander-Arnold, who has not been very good defensively this season. It's like he doesn't want the defensive responsibility. He loves going forward. He'll, he'll bomb forward all day, every day. But is he doing the little things defensively? He just hasn't been doing that this season. I'm sure it'll click at some point. But that is where Hingman's son scored. Uh, if we look at Louis Berry, even that's an area where they did a little in back and through, right? The ball goes up, comes back, and then Martial, whoever up top, just kind of spins and runs. And if the timing of the pass is good, Fabinho can't get over to cover, right? So I think there's a couple examples where you can get at Liverpool, very similar to Bayern. They do play a very high line at times, and it's risky if you've got young or inexperienced center backs or ones that are playing out of position, in Fabinho's case, that can't get over and cover and can't cover that ground. So that kind of plays into Manchester United's hands a little bit. I'm just kind of curious where their starting positions are. I would almost consider Rashford to play a little higher up the field. If Pogba's in, I just feel like that makes him a little bit deeper because they're going to play the double pivot with McTominay and Fred for sure. And then Bruno Fernandes likes to pick up the ball in the pockets, but is he really getting in behind the defense? They got to figure out a way. Somebody has to stretch it. And if that's Martial, Rashford, I don't know who it's going to be, but they have to stretch it. So allow some pockets of space for Fernandes to do his thing. Really, I think the game's going to be won or lost in midfield. You know, Finaldo and Thiago, uh, who's obviously a very good deep line playmaker, allows them to tick and can keep the ball in a different way that likes to create that rhythm. It looks like Henderson's going to start that's going to be kind of where it's won or lost and where they create those numerical advantages. And then obviously Mane and Salah can, can hit the back of the net. That's going to change some things. But again, I see a draw here. Uh, I, I think that, that uh, United are tough to break down. And I could see a 1-1, frankly. I think that seems like a pretty safe. And that's the favorite scoreline on William Hill as well. So I'm going to go with that. All right, Jimmy's playing it safe with one. <laughs> I'm on the fence, baby. And guess what? It's comfortable. All right? <laughs> yeah, Get we'll off my back, haters. Wait, you didn't play it safe with a host and Kina. Look what happened. We got to go all out sometimes, I right? I know, I know, I know. All right, so it's one all from Jimmy. Uh, James Benj, what do you have? I know that I know that on this pod, Jimmy and I love telling United fans that they're not as good as they think they are. <laughs> no, that's you. That's not me. That's you. That's Jimmy. It's mostly Jimmy. <laughs> James, Jimmy does not need the hate mail, all right? <laughs> but I, I, and I still don't think they're going to win the league. I do think they're going to win on Sunday. On Sunday, I, I just think Liverpool have a team that plays into their hands. So I'm going to go two one wow. uh, to Man United. Wow! Uh, and I need to go and take a breather. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Man United fans will leave you. Now here comes Liverpool fans. I completely do it. Yeah. Um, Luis, Luis, we haven't talked about the emotion of this. Obviously, you've seen big games all over the world, and and I feel like when I Boca river or any big rivalries in South America, like this one has that extra juice. It has that emotion, Liverpool winning the league last season. That was their 19th league title for uh, at all time. And then Manchester United have 20. So Liverpool can win it again this year. They'll, they'll, they'll match Manchester United for the most ever. So you have that going on, you have that history. And I just think there's going to be a lot of yellow cards in this one. Uh, I just think there's some juice on that. And obviously that can impact what happens on the field. Cause you could see some early cards that, it, that could influence how the rest of the game plays out. 
Yeah, no, absolutely. Both from a geographical perspective, Liverpool and Manchester, and a historical one in the 80s, Liverpool dominated Manchester United in the 90s. And now, you know, th this has always been such a great game from a Premier League perspective. I'm going to go with two all. I think it's going to be a draw, but it's going to be more goals than two. I think there'll mm. be more. Pedals. Thanks for joining me on the fence, Luis. I appreciate well, that. I'll tell you what, Alex. all of us will be wrong and Liverpool <laughs> will win 3-1. <three>, <laughs> all right. Let's stay in the Premier League because there's another good game uh, in the top half of the table. Uh, Leicester City against Southampton, Jimmy Conrad. How do you see this one? Uh, this is an interesting one for me. Both teams obviously have had good spells during the season. Right now, the line on, on uh, William Hill, minus 116 for Leicester to win straight up. They're the favorites, plus 275 for the draw. I like that, plus 305 for Southampton. I like that one as well, actually. I think if you're feeling Southampton, especially if James Madison and Jamie Vardy do not play for Leicester, which is, they're both doubtful. So I'm curious if Bench has got any inside info with regard to that. They haven't been very good at home, Leicester. Pretty good away from home, not very good at home. Uh, Danny Ings, I think him scoring any time is something I'm looking at. He scored a banger against Liverpool last week, the the, the winner. Uh, that was plus 130 for him to score any time. Ralph Husenhuddle is crying after beating Liverpool. Like, they're on something. This is a team that's got a nice vibe to them, that they, they do have that belief that they can beat anybody. Uh, I got some other stats for you guys. Southampton haven't scored more than one goal in any of their last five league games. And then if Madison and Vardy don't play, I could see the under here, two and a half goals. Uh, that's minus 110. I don't really like giving you guys minus lines, but I can just see this one being very tight. So I'm kind of curious to see how this one plays out. But I do think that Southampton, whether that's the draw or, or even the win, if Madison and Vardy don't play, are some really good value. Yeah, and there's a boost to Southampton as well because Alex McCarthy has returned to first team training and, you know, he's a very vital component uh, between the sticks. James Bench, uh, a big game here. Uh, Leicester against Southampton. Leicester, of course, trying to stay in that Champions League uh, area. Yeah, got loads of bad news for you if you're a Southampton fan or if you were thinking of taking up uh, Jimmy's suggested Southampton bets. Uh, Jamie Vardy and James Madison are expected to be fit, mm. as is Ricardo Pereira, who hasn't mm. played since oh, wow. March. I, don't, I would assume he wouldn't start because he's been out for so long. Right. But um, that's the best, second best right back in the league uh, coming off the bench there. That's quite a decent option um, if you need, and he can play high up the pitch as well. So a, a clean bill of health for Leicester, aside from Dennis Pratt, um, who's out for three months, which is a shame, but I think one they can cope with. Um, and then Danny Ings has tested positive for COVID, so um, he will not play at all. Apparently, there you go. Yeah, so um, I kind of look at this now and think, I, the, the one thing I would say is Southampton have still been really good without Ings. I think they're less reliant on Ings than, um, say, uh, Leicester are on Vardy. Um, I like... Che Adams up, up front. He's a mm -hmm. worker um, and he will take the chances that come his way. Theo Walcott may well not take the chances that come his way. <laughs> oh, but he shame. does get quite a few of them. He does get quite a few of them. So I, I think they can make this work. But um, I really like Leicester. They're playing so well at the moment. Leicester, though, I will say they've only won three out of eight at the King Power Stadium, This, regardless whether Vardy's playing or not, and against all different types of opponents. So I guess there's still some value for the draw, but yeah, with Vardy Madison in, Ings out, that's going to be, it's going to be a, a much taller, taller. Vestergaard's out as well for Southampton. So it'll be interesting to see. Yeah, that's a big one too. All right. So give me your score prediction here, uh, Jimmy. I'm going 1-1. One, one. <laughs> <laughs> Are you serious? <laughs> I'm going with the draw, baby. Straddling that fence. I'm going right. to be right. I'm going to be right. And I can't wait to talk about it on Sunday. Well, obviously you have to be right in one of them, I guess. <laughs> no, no, that's not true, but I will hope. We'll hope. <laughs> James Bench, what do you see? Uh, I'm going to go 2-0 Leicester. Okay. 
2 0 okay. last week. Yep. Well, they're at home, but to your point, they haven't, to Jimmy's point, they haven't done that well. I can power the Danny Yanks thing does worry me, though. I think I'm going to go with a Leicester win. 1 0. Let's see what happens there. All right. When we come back, the rest of Europe, including La Liga, uh, well, Supercopa final, just reviewing what, what could happen right there. And Serie A as Inter take on Juventus. Woo! We'll be right back. Did you know that while over 60% of Americans dream of starting their own business, less than 20% of them take the first step? The reason? Building a business is tough. Taylor Brands is simplifying the business journey. From launching and managing to growing your business, Taylor Brands isn't just another tool. It's your online business partner from launch to success. With Taylor Brands, building your dream business becomes an effortless experience. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, ensuring you have everything you need in one place. From LLC formation to bookkeeping, invoicing to acquiring licenses and permits, and even setting up your bank account, Taylor Brands handles it all seamlessly. And our listeners will receive 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans using our link, taylorbrands.com slash CBS Sports. That's T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash CBS Sports. So start your business journey today with Taylor Brands. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. Welcome back, everybody, to Que Golazo. Jimmy Conrad, James Bench. We are now going around Europe as we look ahead to some matches beginning Friday, actually. Uh, but there's so much across Italy, Spain, and Portugal. Jimmy, what do you have for us? Where should we begin? <laughs> well, I'm wearing a Roma kit, so I think we should start there. Uh, Lazio is hosting Roma, even though they share the same stadium. There's no fans, so I guess it's they're just kind of used. They're all both playing at home in this one. Uh, that should be a great match. I think that Lazio have obviously demonstrated their, their, their capabilities. They took down a very good Dortmund team. If you guys remember uh, match day one of the champions league group stages that really like, all right, these guys can play a little bit. Obviously we're very familiar with Chiro, the hero Mobley. He was the leading scorer in Serie A last season. He's picking up where he left off scoring a bunch of goals. You can't sleep on those guys. They can compete and hold their own against the best clubs. Roma has been playing very well. Uh, they're in third right now in, in Serie A. My concern, though, and the knock on Roma at the moment is that they haven't beat anybody in the top six. So they've played them, you know, and they've got a whole bunch of draws against these teams. They, they, they drew with Juventus very early on, 2-2. Uh, they, they drew with AC Milan 3-3, you know, and Adelante, they lost to Atalanta 4-1. So anybody they're, they're going up, up against that's halfway decent, they struggle. And then obviously Lazio are going to probably put the pressure on. They need to get these points. They want to obviously bring Roma back down. If anything they want to do, if there's like these little trophies, little goals that you have, I think when you're playing a rival, not only do you want to win the league, but if, if you fail to do that, you just got to finish above your rival, right? That's what's going to keep the fans happy. And obviously, uh, Bench knows all about that as an Arsenal fan when Spurs continue to uh, get a, stay above them over the last couple of seasons. It's got to hurt. But Lazio's in eighth right hurt. now. Their, their, their goal difference isn't great, plus two. You know, so they're not doing it on both sides of the ball. I like that Roma have tightened things up a little bit and scored a lot of goals. Henrik Mkhitaryan has been uh, next level in a lot of different ways. So I like that game. That's where I would start. That's not going to have, as I don't think, as much implications on the league title 
perhaps is Inter Juventus. We can get into that in a sec, but I really oh, want to get your it. thoughts on, on lot. Okay, if you want to get into that. Let, let's do it right now, and then we'll get the full uh, view. Serie A experience. Yeah, no, no, I, I appreciate that. So right now the line is Inter Milan to win uh, straight up plus 145. The draw, 240. I'm, honestly, I'm feeling the draw again, but I'll just stay away from that. Plus 185 for Juve to win straight up. These are all really good value on good teams. Inter Milan for me are very... Very interesting team. When they decide to turn it on, they are really unstoppable. They found a way to, to get through in the Coppa Italia. They had to score late in extra time. Romelu Lukaku somehow was wide open with two minutes left and, and buried it. He didn't start the game, but uh, I'd like him to score any time. We'll just go there. Plus 120. I think that's good value. Alvaro Morata is going to get a ton of opportunities. Very similar to Theo Walcott. Will he score those? I don't know. We, nobody knows for sure with Alvaro Morata, but him scoring uh, anytime is plus 170. I like those two guys to potentially find the back of the net. There are so much. This is it. Inter Milan got knocked out of the Champions League, didn't even qualify for the Europa League. All they can focus on at this point outside of the Copa Italia is the league. They want to win the Scudetto. They want to walk, uh, knock Juve off the perch. This is the game to do it, right? If, you're gonna, if you think you're going to be title contenders, if you think you're going to win the league, you have to win this game, especially at home. And if they don't do it, then I don't think they're going to win the league. I'll just say that straight up. So they can get a draw here and they can inch their way to the Scudetto. And, and I could see a draw happening given the talent on both teams and how I think Antonio Conte is going to set up his team. But Juve with Cristiano Ronaldo, I think they're still trying to find their best 11, but they're getting closer to it. And I think they can hurt you in a few different ways. This has got cracking game. I can't wait to see what happens. I haven't decided on my score prediction yet. I want to hear from you two first, but I like those kind of anytime bets to score for, for those two goal scores. Yeah, well, to me, after Liverpool-Manchester United, Inter-Juventus is the uh, so game to watch. James Bench, from both those, Lazio-Roma, Inter-Juventus, thoughts? You can go anywhere you want, my friend. I but definitely want to go on Inter-Juventus because, like, this feels like, um, you know, you've got a sort of finalist in waiting in, in Milan and the team that loses, or indeed, if both teams draw, I know it's early in the season, but you're going to be playing such catch-up if you don't get a win. Um, it's really interesting how Conte is managing this situation again because he's supposed to be the league specialist but it's the same old arguments with the board I think he said after the Roma game he was complaining that he, his team didn't really sign anyone other than Hakimi it's like well no you signed Arturo Vidal who was exactly the sort of player you were supposed to want Kolarov like it's such a deep squad designed to give him a team to compete for the Serie A title um, and you could say the same about Juventus but I think we kind of know with Juventus that Obviously, no one wants to lose that streak, but it's about the Champions League with them. It's been ever since that ever since they signed Ronaldo. Um, so this feels like more of a big game for Juventus. And we know that Conte can go one way or the other in the, these games. I think he lost both as well against Juventus last season. It's this strange thing where because they pay him so much money, uh, because they kind of have handed over the whole club to him almost, he's a bit bulletproof. But there, there should be questions asked about if his team do lose this title, not to Juventus, but to Milan, because this whole project has been, get us another Scudetto. Um, I'm really interested to see how that works. I'm really interested to see what Pirlo does without Delict, who, who from what I've seen has been brilliant. Same with Dybala and McKennie, I think they're out as well. So it's interesting with Pirlo to see how he tactically rejigs the team um, with all the depth he has. But uh, for me, all eyes on Conte and whether he might blow his top of it if things go wrong. Yeah, uh, just to add on those injuries and absentees, by the way, Juan Cuadrado as well, Alexandro. So, you know, there are issues all over the pitch. But by the way, it's not even just about Inter Milan trying to get that Scudetto. The, the, the race for a Champions League spot is so tight 
that it's not completely unrealistic for them to even get out of that top four if they don't, you know, do something at the beginning of this 2021, Jimmy. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you and Benj that this is a really, really important game for both clubs uh, to really kind of set the tone for how the back half of the season is going to go and how they're going to approach the, the, the stretch ultimately and maybe even the Champions League from Juve's perspective, right? If they can start to beat these teams and start to create a little bit of a distance at the top, they could take somewhat of a breath knowing that the Scudetto is going to be theirs for the 10th consecutive season or whatever, like the hundredth consecutive season is what it feels like. And really focus on the champions league. I feel like they've got Juve a bit of a Manchester city vibe. Yeah. Winning the league would be great, but we want to win the champions league. And so it'll be kind of interesting to see how they balance both. There are a lot of injuries in this one to your guys' points. So it'll be interesting, especially from Juve's perspective, how they try to contain Romelu Lukaku, the guy for me, you can't defend him this year. So you have to defend everybody else. Uh, you have to uh, suffocate the service to him, especially if he's isolated 1v1 with one of the center backs. When he gets in that spot, you're dead. You got no chance. Lataro Martinez, when he's scoring too, uh, you know, he's, he's off a hat trick here in the last week. Excellent. But the form for Inters hasn't been good. I, and I look at that Roma game, the, the last one that they, they played uh, before the cup stuff. Even the cup game, they, they just, they're, they're, it's like Jekyll and Hyde. For, for 45 minutes, 60 minutes, they could be lights out. But then they just completely shut off for 30 minutes. That last 10 minutes, they were beating Roma 2-1. And Roma got 10 shots in the last 10 minutes and found a way to tie. I just like, how can you shut down that much when you have that much talent on the field and give up those types of opportunities, which end up leading to a draw and dropping more points from a winning position, which they're very good at this season. I worry about Inter in a lot of different ways. Is that Antonio Conte? Like at some point, the players have to take responsibility and make plays when it's time to make plays. And I don't think we're seeing enough of that, which is a shame given the type of talent and leadership and experience that they do have in their side. And so, and so if they can eradicate that and somehow get that, that focus in a better position, then of course they have a chance to win the Scudetto, but this is going to be a great test for them because Juve already have that championship mentality. They know what it takes to be a champion. Inter haven't figured it out yet. Well, as you mentioned, uh, this is a huge game for both teams. All right, give us your score predictions on all of these. Let's go with uh, Lazio Roma. Uh, I'm going with Roma uh, just with my heart. And I do think that uh, their, their attacking prowess is pretty good. And Lazio's back line, a little suspect. I think they're going to take advantage of it. But I won't sleep on Shiro the hero Mobley. That guy always scores. I'm saying 2-1 to Roma. And then the other one, I'm going to straddle the fence. Get off my back, everybody. I'm going to say 2-2 in that Inter-Juve game. Oh my God, another drop. <laughs> so much party. I'm going to hit one of them. I'm going to hit one of them. <laughs> yeah, of course you are. All right, James Bench, uh, how about you? It's not because Jimmy's wearing a Roma shirt. It is because Jimmy's wearing a Roma shirt. 5-0 Lazio. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Benj is out. Lisa, can we get Benj off the show? That's what I want. Um, uh, and I think that that Inter-Juventus game kind of has to have a winner. So I'm going to say... That's fair. 3-2. And I can't... I, I, I mean, it could, I, you know, toss up on which team I go for with the 3-2. But let's say Juventus. Yeah, this is going to be a completely opposite... Uh, narratives in both of these games. I feel like Lazio Roma is going to be nil-nil. It has nil-nil all over. <laughs> and Inter-Juventus is just going to be mayhem, I think. Just, <laughs> I, I, and I feel that Inter will just nick this 4-3. Uh, but, you know, we could be wrong as we've been before in the past on many occasions. All right, let's go from Italy to Spain. Uh, the Supercopa de España, uh, the final is this weekend. We know that Barcelona is in. As we uh, are taping, Real Madrid still yet to face 
Athletic Bilbao. We already gave you the preview for that. So make sure that you check out that episode before this one. Uh, but, you know, the pendulum could point towards Real Madrid and the Clásico maybe. But let's begin with Barcelona here. Uh, and Jimmy, and just some thoughts on the Supercopa de España, the final this weekend. Yeah, given what I saw in the semifinal against La Real Sociedad, they could be in trouble based on who they're going to face in the final, whether it's Athletic or Real Madrid. I, I'm back in Madrid. I think they do the business there. But without Messi, I don't think he's going to play in the final as well. They're just a different side, obviously. They're not as dangerous. I think they found out that news that he wasn't going to play probably pretty late. They looked like they were a little dysfunctional having a hard time establishing a rhythm. They did what they had to do. They wanted penalties and they made it. And Tristegan was standing on his head in so many different ways and goal. And I think they're going to need him to do that again, if they're actually going to win this trophy. Now though, with a couple of days to prepare, knowing that Messi won't play, maybe they can adjust in a different way, set up the team. You know, obviously Griezmann may, maybe can play that false nine. You can bring somebody else to come in off the wing. Maybe that will be, I don't know, just a, just an understanding that, listen, we don't have Messi. We can't rely on him. Everybody's going to have to really elevate their games to, for us to get a result. I could see them doing okay. Messi was hurt last season. They did okay without him. Luis Suarez, though, was there. Griezmann actually played his best last season when Messi wasn't in the team. So maybe we can see another version of that. They did well when he didn't play in the Champions League group stages as well. So there's some evidence that they can play well without Messi. And I think with some preparation, there's a chance. But they gave up so many chances yesterday to La Real. Adnan Yanase came off the bench and absolutely lit him up. Uh, so I think there are some ways to, to beat uh, they played with three center backs to Barcelona. I, I thought that was an interesting setup. There was a lot of space to, to exploit. And I think if you run into a team like Madrid who win trophies for fun, especially that core of players, uh, it could be, a, it could be a long day for them at the office. Yeah. The, without Messi, I mean, you know, even with Messi this season, it's not like they've become invincible, but without him, it becomes a whole different issue, especially if either Madrid or Bilbao take advantage. Uh, James Bench, uh, you have some thoughts on this one, especially as Real Madrid, uh, you know, we talked, you talked about Hazard and hopefully he can do uh, the business here, but what do you see here? Wait, wait, Hazard uh, still plays? Like he's, <laughs> he's around. He's around. Oh, the shade. Okay. Keep going. My God. You're right. just full of it today. I love it. I love it. You're so mean. Okay, I definitely, I mean, I, like, like Jimmy, I was pretty underwhelmed by Barcelona, except for, the two players who kind of look like they could carry a bit of Messi's burden, um, Pedri and De Jong. Now, this is not the Frankie De Jong I remember from Barcelona, uh, from his Ajax days. This guy is some sort of box-to-box dynamo, absolutely <laughs> fantastic. It should have. I mean, it took one of the best tackles I've seen this season from the Sociedad right back to uh, deny him what looked like a penalty the first time you saw it, and then Pedri. What I love about Pedri is it seems like he just invites pressure because he's like, well, it's not very fun if I just advance up the field without anyone trying to tackle me. Those two are great. And I do wonder, because I, I was pretty underwhelmed by Griezmann. Maybe you play him, like Jimmy said, in that in that false nine role and he does, he does what Messi would be doing otherwise. But maybe you keep him off the left and you could push Pedri further up. I know this is a crazy amount to be putting on an 18-year-old shoulders um, in his first kind of really full season at Barcelona. But like... This kid looks like he really wants the responsibility and, and rises to the occasion. So I just, I'm, I'm so excited that we might get to see Pedri against Real Madrid. Um, I love him already. He's one of my favorite players out there. And I've seen him about five times. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, we just have to wait and see whose Barcelona opponent is. But regardless, it will be interesting to see how they do as it looks like Messi won't be part of it. All right, let's move now finally to a big game in Portugal, Jimmy Conrad. Porto against Benfica. 
Yeah, this is a cracking game. Obviously, these uh, two teams win the majority of titles, and uh, there's a lot of hate. Uh, so we're, we're talking about a lot of rivalries. We got Inter-Juve. We got Liverpool-Manchester United. I would put Porto Benfica right up there in terms of the disdain for both of these clubs, or maybe even higher, actually, given, given uh, the, the long history between these two clubs and the venom between both supporters groups. Uh, Porto, though, have won their last four against Benfica. So I don't know if you think Benfica's due or whatever, but that included the Super Cup uh, in Portugal three weeks ago. It was 2-0, that one. Porto have won 11 of their last 12 at home in the league. So that's uh, another good sign of things to come. I was really impressed with their Champions League campaign as well. They only gave up goals in one of their six Champions League group stages. That was 3-0 in Manchester against Man City. After that, they didn't give up any goals. So they, they know how to turn it on. Uh, defensively, and I think against Benfica, they really set up well, unfortunately, for George uh, Jesus, the manager of Benfica. Uh, Benfica, though, have scored at least two goals in 14 of their last 16 matches. So I think they're going to score, you know, uh, even though I just, just built up Porto as a stout defending, I just think it's going to get emotional. Something's going to happen. I think they're going to get one, but I see Porto to go on and do the business. I see a 2-1 here. There have been over two and a half goals scored for in Porto's uh, 12 of Porto's last 15 games. Uh, Porto to win for me in over two and a half goals plus 200 is really good value. And, I, and I'm liking that one a lot. Yeah, they're both on great runs, especially Porto, as you mentioned, a 10 game winning streak is kind of crazy. And they have obviously so many talented players all over. Um, how do you see this one, James? Have you have you ever been to to one of these games, James Bench? Do you, do you enjoy no, I've never even been to Lisbon. Um, I've, I went to Guimarães last season and um, we it was pouring with rain. They put up a Perspex glass between the press box um, and the, the players um, and the highlight of the game was Shkodra Mustafi scoring a header in the 83rd minute so my experiences of Portuguese football so far have not been what I was hoping for but um, I'll try and watch this I'm really intrigued to see Darwin Nunez um, lot of top teams in Europe talking about him as the next young striking sensation mm -hmm in the making and um, I don't know which way this game will go, but um, yeah, I think Nunez is in, in teams that have kind of got quite a few old players who you think maybe wouldn't cut it in the top five leagues here. We've got like a young sensation that's uh, definitely heading in that direction. Well, how about Tecatito Corona who was voted MVP uh, Portuguese league player of the year? He's, he's, uh, I mean, my God, we talk about uh, talent, especially Mexican talent, uh, just because we don't pay as much attention to the Portuguese league shouldn't disregard the fact that he's just a force. It's a lot of talent in this one. I wonder why people don't want to hear about Corona in the year 2020. <laughs> well, that's not his too fault. Too soon, Ben. Too soon. Too soon. <laughs> what, I, what I find interesting is that Sporting Clube de Portugal, who are on top of the table with 35 points, play Rio Ave a couple hours before this game kicks off, and they could extend their lead to seven points. Then Porto and Benfica are, are tied on 31 points. So that would be a seven-point lead. A draw doesn't help either squad is really where I'm trying to go with. And I feel like one of them needs to win. I think it's going to be Porto. However, I should, I should throw in there. Porto played midweek and used a lot of their starters to get a result in the cup competition. Benfica didn't. They got to rest some of their guys. I could see that com maybe coming into play a little bit, that Benfica could be a little bit fresher. Something to, to take into consideration if you guys are going to take a chance and bet on this game. All right. What's your score prediction, Jimmy? I say 2-1. I think 2-1 and over two and a half goals is a nice bet plus 200. Nice. James Bench? Well, I mean, I don't really have a clue, so please don't bet any of your own money based on what I'm saying. But um, I'm going to go, based on what Jimmy's saying, I'm going to go 2-1 to Benfica. I think Jimmy's right that one of these teams has to win the game, and I suspect it will be it will come down to those last few minutes and both teams chasing the winner. 
Three two Porto. Let's go with that. All right. Let's see what happens. I've been, right. to the, I've been to the Drag Owl Stadium. <laughs> I love it. All right. That's it for the show. Any final thoughts, Jimmy Conrad? Yeah, I want to say how disappointed I am in Boca Juniors. They completely, what can I say, shat the bed. They, they shat the bed, everybody, in the semifinals <laughs> against Santos. I was really disappointed as a Boca Juniors supporter that they didn't bring the heat at all. Down 3-0 after 40 minutes, had a red card. Like, what is even happening there? Complete dumpster fire. But fair play to Santos and Palmeiras for getting to the Copa Libertadores final. Uh, the first time it's an all-Brazilian final since 2006. So that's a big deal. And I know that we'll cover it. That's uh, that, that final is January 30th. So we got a couple of weeks to prepare for that, but uh, fair play to both Brazilian clubs. Yeah. Apparently Pele gave them a, a pregame talk to Santos, which is kind of cool. Uh, James Benj, any final thoughts here? Well, just on um, Pele, I don't know if anyone's seen it, but Netflix have got a trailer out for their new documentary. Other, sorry. Other streaming platforms are available beyond Netflix. Um, but they've got a trailer out for their, their new Pele documentary. And I watched the trailer twice and I'll be watching the documentary at least twice. Yeah, right. It's going to be, I love that you said that you watched it twice. The the trailer. That's amazing. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. It's going to be basically about, it's going to focus on the golden period, right? From the 1950 to 1970. Uh, he's going to be part of the documentary. It's going to be absolutely fantastic. Uh, I can't wait. Well, boys, that's it. Thank you so much. Thanks, James Bench. Thank you. Thank you, Jimmy Conrad. Thank you. I want to thank Jimmy Conrad and James Benj for joining me today. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, Kegolasso Pod. Listen to us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and Stitcher. Please leave a rating and review. And if you're listening to this or if you have a smart speaker, just say, hey, Alexa, hey, Google, play the latest episode of CBS Sports Soccer Podcast. Is that easy. Thank you so much and enjoy all the games this weekend. Have a great one. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.